0: Hello and welcome everybody wherever you are in the world. My name is Paul Ryan. I'm founder of PrescriptionRevision.com and I'm a GP and pharmacist based here in Ireland. I'm passionate about clinical pharmacology and therapeutics and really enjoy making the latest international guidance relevant to those of us at the cold face of primary care. So in today's podcast, I am going to talk about ACE inhibitors Now, I have a few learning outcomes. Number one, I'm going to talk about ACE inhibitor mechanism of action, how it actually causes such a great effect in people who have uh, heart failure. Number two, I'm going to talk about the practicalities of starting patients on an ACE inhibitor. Number three, I'm going to talk about... um, ACE inhibitors, ARBs, and mineralocorticoid receptor antagonists in renal impairment. So, in patients with renal impairment, how you know what to be careful for and what to look out for, and you know when to consider lower doses. I am then going to talk about the four main adverse effects associated with ACE inhibitors. So, to start off, the ACE inhibitor mechanism of action. So angiotensin enzyme usually converts angiotensin 1 to angiotensin 2. So an angiotensin converting enzyme inhibitor such as Ramipril, this inhibits the conversion of angiotensin 1 to angiotensin 2. And this has four main effects. We know that angiotensin 2 is, has a very strong vasoconstrictive effect. So much so, it's about 40 times more potent than noradrenaline. So by inhibiting angiotensin 2 from being formed, the first effect is that it causes dilatation of blood vessels. By dilating the blood vessels, this reduces blood pressure and it reduces the afterload on the heart. The second effect is that there's less angiotensin 2 to cause production of aldosterone. Now we know that aldosterone Uh, usually causes sodium retention. So when you inhibit the production of aldosterone, there is more sodium excreted. This reduces preload. The third effect is that you've got less angiotensin II to simulate the pituitary to produce ADH, so antidiuretic hormone. So then there's less watery absorption. So number one, diabetes blood vessels. Number two, aldosterone production is reduced and number three adh produ- production is reduced the final one is that there's less aldosterone and angiotensin 2 to cause cardiac remodeling now i use two words there in the, in the makers of action that we just might um revise the first one i said is afterload, and the second one is preload so afterload just to remind ourselves this is the force or load against which the heart has to contract to eject the blood so i've said that angiotensin 2 usually causes vasoconstriction but when it, when you put a patient on an ACE inhibitor, causes dilatation of the blood vessels so then uh, uh, to, uh which reduces blood pressure which reduces afterload um, which is the force or load against which the heart has to contract to eject the blood. Because the blood vessels are dilated, the force it ha- it is, is less. Okay, so the heart does not have to contract the much to eject the blood. Now, the second word I used was preload. And I said that there's less angiotensin too to cause production of aldosterone, which means that more sodium is excreted, which reduces preload. Because preload is the initial stretching of the cardiac myocytes uh, muscle cells prior to contraction which is related to ventricular filling when there's less sodium present you will have less initial stretching of the cardiac myocytes so so prior to contraction so hence less angiotensin 2 to cause production of aldosterone which means more sodium is excreted and this reduces preload. The bottom line is by having these four effects, it results in increased cardiac output without any increase in heart rate. Next, starting treatment with the NACE inhibitor. If you look at the current European Society of Cardiology guidance, as well as the NICE guidance, they say that you should start with the NACE inhibitor and only substitute with the ARB if the ACE inhibitor is not tolerated because there is a greater evidence base for an ACE inhibitor. You slowly titrate up to maximally tolerated doses. And what do I mean by tolerated? Tolerated from a blood pressure or dizziness point of view. So, for example, Ramipril, you start at 2.5 mg once daily, titrate every two weeks to Ramipril 10 mg once daily. Or else if it's an AT2, you can see Losartan 12.5 mg once daily, titrating, titrating up to Losartan 150 mg once daily. The other licensed ones, the other licensed 82 agents are Candesartan or Valsartan. What about the other ACE inhibitors that are licensed for use in heart failure? Those are Enalapril, lisinopril, captopril, and Perindapril. So, going back to the guidance again and starting treatment with an ACE inhibitor. Both sign and NICE guidance do not specify optimal or target doses. They do imply to titrate up the dose of both ACE inhibitors and ARBs and beta blockers, but they do not actually specify what the optimal or target dose is. However, the European Society of Cardiology does, and it defines target doses. So just to remind ourselves, you... Check the UNE so you look specifically at the EGFR and you look at the potassium levels looking for hyperkalemia and you look at blood pressure looking for hypotension as well as pulse you look for looking for bradycardia one to two weeks after each dose increase and that's as per the renal association and British association for heart failure and that was uh, published that guidance in 2019 Once the target or the maximum tolerated dose of ACE inhibitor is reached, you monitor renal function, electrolytes and blood pressure monthly for three months, then at least every six months and any time the person becomes acutely unwell. That's as per the NICE 2018 guidance. You advise the patient to withhold the ACE inhibitor if they become unwell or dehydrated. And that's as per the NICE 2019 guidance. What about the renal impairment, and dosing of ACE inhibitors, ARBs, and mineralocorticoid receptor antagonists. We know that there is a higher risk of hyperkalemia in renal impairment, so you have to monitor the dose increases carefully. And if the EGFR drops below 45 mL per minute, you consider lower doses and or slower titration of ACE inhibitors, ARBs, or mineralocorticoid receptor antagonists. Now, the next learning outcome, the adverse effects of ACE inhibitors or ARBs. So the first point is that it is very rarely necessary to discontinue an ACE inhibitor because your clinical deterioration is likely to occur if the ACE inhibitor is discontinued. So I'm going to name the four adverse effects to be mindful of. Number one, hypotension, so low blood pressure. Number two, cough. Number three, decline in renal function. And number four hyperkalemia. So number one hypotension. So the patient may be asymptomatic. So if they have asymptomatic low blood pressure, this usually requires no changes in therapy unless the systolic blood pressure is less than 90 millimetres of mercury. What about symptomatic hypotension? What do I mean by symptomatic? Dizziness or lightheadedness. And this is common and usually improves over time. So the patient should be reassured. Look to see on any calcium channel blockers and nitrates and you reduce or stop the other vas- vasodilators, okay, so such as the calcium channel blockers and nitrates. If the patient is not congested so they've got no fluid in the lungs, you consider reducing the diuretic dose. And this may also help with the, with the symptomatic hypotension. The next adverse effect to be mindful of is cough. So this can actually be a sign of pulmonary oedema. So, they should be listening, you have to listen to their lungs to see if there's any fluid there. You, can con- you should consider other causes of cough, especially if the patient is a smoker or those with lung disease. ACE co- inhibitor induced cough does not always require treatment discontinuation, so just to remember that. If the cough is troublesome and proven due to ACE inhibitor, which means that it occurs after withdrawal and then rechallenge, you should switch to NARB okay so such as any of the ARBs that i mentioned earlier on so test ourselves what are they they're losartan candesartan, or valsartan those are the ones that are licensed number three the third adverse effect to be mindful with ACE inhibitors is the decline in renal function so an increase you look for an increase in urea creatinine and a decline in eGFR and this is to be expected when you put a patient on an ACE inhibitor the increase of serum creatinine of less than 30% above baseline is acceptable. And you know, if it goes above 30%, you're thinking, hmm, is there some renal artery stenosis going on? So the fourth effect is hyperkalemia. So we know that an increase of potassium to less than 5.5 millimoles is acceptable, but if it goes to 5.6, that is not acceptable. Now. Why does hyperkalemia occur when a patient is on an ACE inhibitor? So if you go back to the mechanism of action again, I said number so we know that there's less AT2 produced, which means number one there's more vasodilatation, reducing afterload. Number two, less aldosterone produced because AT2 stimulates production of aldosterone. So when you reduce aldosterone, more sodium is excreted, which reduces the preload. But as there's less aldosterone present, aldosterone usually causes excretion of potassium. So if there's less aldosterone present, that means there's an increased risk of, mm-hmm. of, of, of hyperkalemia okay, when the patients are taking ACE inhibitors. So if the potassium is greater than 5.4, check for dehydration and stop all other drugs that may cause increased potassium, such as NSAIDs, trimethoprim, or non-selective beta-blockers, as well as amiloride. And you, if the patient's also taking digoxin, you need to check for digoxin toxicity. And just to remind ourselves of the symptoms of digoxin toxicity, so these are these include gastrointestinal upset, visual symptoms such as yellow-green discoloration as well as palpitations. So if the patient is well with no signs of acute kidney injury and they have mild hyperkalemia, so this is a potassium of between 5.5 to 5.9, you consider a reduced dose of renin-angiotensin-aldosterone system inhibitor, such as an ACE inhibitor, but you do not stop it and you just increase the frequency of monitoring. If they have moderate hyperkalemia, so that's between 6 and 6.4 millimoles per litre, you stop the RAS inhibitor and you repeat the renal function and you cautiously restart at a lower dose once the potassium is less than 5.5. So that brings me to the end of uh, this podcast. I hope you got something from it. I, so I suppose just to recap again, I spoke about the ACE inhibitor mechanism of action. Basically, it reduces angiotensin 2, less aldosterone number one, dilates blood risk number two, less ADH because there's no stimulation in the pituitary. And then there's, uh, as there's less aldosterone and AT2, there's less cardiac remodeling. That's the first thing. The second outcome was that uh, I spoke about how to start it and titrate slowly and monitor renal function, looking for at the EGFR and specifically hyperkalemia. You measure blood pressure, looking looking for hypotension and also the pulse to look for bradycardia. Then you reduce the dose in, in patients with renal impairment. So if the EGFR is less than 45, you consider lower doses and or slower titration. What about the adverse effects? There's four of them: mainly number one, hypotension; number two, cough; number three, decline renal function; and number four, hyperkalemia. And I spoke specifically about hyperkalemia as there's less aldosterone present, therefore there's less potassium excretion. Up goes the potassium. Sometimes, very rarely, but sometimes it does. And you have to make sure they're not dehydrated. You stop other drugs that can cause increased potassium. And if they're clinically well and they have mild hyperkalemia, so up to 5.9, you consider a reduced dose of the RAS inhibitor. So that brings me to the end of today's podcast. I hope you found it beneficial, and I'm looking forward to delivering the next podcast.